0: we're all encouraged to think about and then actually execute in our wills and perhaps other documents like in, in, enduring powers of attorney and advanced medical directors. But it's National Palliative Care Week this week and one of our community palliative care groups wants us to be thinking about really whether those kind of options will actually be available for us when it comes to that time in our life. Sue Manton is the director of Little Haven and she's been helping people look after their loved ones for 15 years. Hello, Sue, and good to have you on the program. Good
1: morning, Annie. Thanks uh,
0: for having me. Pal- palliative care in the kind of model that you're talking about this morning is community-driven palliative care. What's the difference between that kind of care and the care that we might receive uh, through hospitals and other organisations?
1: Um, Annie. The main thing about community-based palliative care is that it's born out of the community for a start, but more so that our our whole focus is um, trying to address the wants of most Australians. 70% of Australians say they would, would like to remain at home for their final stages, um, and that's completely what our model of care does. We look after patients in their own homes. We do everything we can to maintain them in their own homes, to work in... in um, cooperation with their general practitioners to manage all their symptoms and and needs, provide the equipment that they might need to remain at home, and if that's their wish, then um, we will look after them right to the end of their life.
0: Despite 70% of us thinking that we really would like to live out the rest of our days, you know, if we are in a terminal situation and die and pass away at home, uh, apparently that option is not necessarily going to be available to us. How many community-driven palliative care models are there in Queensland at the moment, Sue?
1: Um, in in Queensland at the moment, there's only three true um, community-based palliative care services, as in they're completely funded, you know, funded and born out of the community. There's also a lot of the um, hospital and health service um, have a community arm, um, a community outreach, which works in with um, specialist um, generalist. Um, nursing organisations to provide that support but I think Chittamani, Karuna and Little Haven are um, true community based models where they are uh, on call 24 hours a day, 7 days a week from the point of admission you have that access to support and care in the community and I think in, there's other models coming up throughout the state. There's certainly huge gaps throughout Queensland where you don't have access to any of that.
0: Why don't you think the state government is more supportive of community-driven palliative care models?
1: I have no idea. Um, I'm doing my best to have my voice and, you know, saying, come and look at our service. You know, I would, I would challenge any of the hospital-based um, health service-driven models to compare with what we're offering to clients and how we're, you know, the amount of funding we get, we only get 35% of our funding from Queensland Health, and yet we're consistently admitting every patient who walks through the door. We're doing all we can, whether that's at, you know, 10 o'clock at night or 2 a.m. in the morning, we're responding to the patient's needs to stop them from going back into the hospital system. And yet I've repeatedly going to Queensland Health, going to their funding units, going to the primary health networks and saying, this is our model. Why won't you look at it? Why won't you roll it out to the communities that don't have access to quality palliative care? Because we've shown over 37 years that this model works. It's cost effective. 60% of our patients remain at home for the end of their life, And another 24%. Over this is, um, these are figures that Queensland Health has. over 10 years, another 24% are only in the hospital system for less than five days. And given that Gympie sits well above the average of 65-plus population of age, you know, our our ageing population, 65 years and over, is 20%, compared with the Queensland average of 14%, we're doing an outstanding job of managing these patients in the community where they want to be, care provided at the right time, in the right place, and yet I can't even get my foot in the door to talk to them about it.
0: It's uh, certainly a very interesting conversation to be had, that's for sure. You've got some first-hand experience, sadly, at the moment you're caring for your own terminally ill mum and this has highlighted quite a a few issues that you can see uh, within the system, what can you tell me?
1: Well, what I can tell you is that when you access it through a hospital-driven system, there's a scope of assessments coming. Just one example, Um, if someone walks in our door and they want support, they don't need to have an interview, they don't need to have a time, they don't need to tick the box that they've got 3 months prognosis. We don't query them about why they need to come to us. We just embrace them and show them love from the point that they come in the door and what do they need. Now, my experience was that I felt as a palliative care specialist, um, you know, nursing practitioner, not that I'm actually a nursing practitioner, but a nursing registered nurse, um, that I knew that my mother needed an electric lift chair to help her get out of a seat. She was struggling to get up and down now i couldn't i had three different people come in and assess mum as to whether she needed that chair and eventually was told no that she didn't meet the criteria because she wasn't staying in bed for more than six hours a day now it seemed like that was an expensive exercise to say no when they had chairs available why wasn't it why wasn't it happening you know i just think The system is so laden with clinical assessment that you don't get that warm embrace that palliative care should be offering. Because if you embrace people from the point of contact when they're absolutely terrified of the journey that's ahead of them, it just calms the whole situation down. It enables them to take a breath. It enables us to have time to educate them and guide them about how to provide that care at every step of the way and that's how people stay out of the system.
0: Well, it's a very important discussion to be had in National Palliative Care Week. Really appreciate your time this morning, Sue. Thank you. Thank you. Sue Manton on ABC Sunshine Coast. She's the Business Manager for Little Haven Palliative Care. It's one of three community-driven palliative care-based models in Queensland. Does that surprise you that there are so few? So Sitamani, Karuna and Little Haven and uh, they all do such amazing work to allow people to pass away in their own homes. And 70% of us, apparently, that's exactly where we'd like to pass away. And yet uh, the model that these uh, community-driven palliative care uh, organizations have, uh, which give people what they want, save the government a lot of money, uh, um, you know, there's not more of them. And the government doesn't seem to be uh, have any intention to support communities to develop these models where they are. Uh, so Sue Mountain recently did contact the Health Minister, Cameron Dick, with a request to meet up to discuss this model of care and funding and uh, he did decline the invitation. So uh, there you go. It is an interesting one. Where would you like to pass away? I can you know, only imagine that for a lot of people it would definitely be, the answer to that would definitely be at home. This is ABC Sunshine Coast. You can get in touch with me at any time during the program. one 300 903
1: is my number. Available now on...
0: Come on.